Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to... All to call a Married at First Sight podcast. This is season 15, episode 19, what is supposed to be the last episode of the season, but it is maths and it is not. Hi, Aid. How are you? Hi, Tane. Aren't you excited to find out where everybody is next week? Yeah, so excited <laughs> for forced interactions. Yay. <laughs> Especially after this very boring part two reunion. <laughs> was I alone? Did you think it was boring too? Oh, it was boring as hell. Um- oh, my God. <laughs> Like, it, was, it was strange because part one was so spicy and then I was like mm-hmm. the, mm. part two was mayonnaise um they don't they didn't need a part two even if you had to have a part two let's say to talk about the experts or anything make it an hour they're just talking about the same things over and over and over again like even on the housewives when they have three parts we're usually like does it deserve three parts not to talk of a show talk us of a show like maths we don't need to rehash we don't, but we did. And every now and then there was something interesting, but it just, yeah. <sighs> it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the nuggets that they were <laughs> Correct. <throwing at> it. <laughs> All right. So do we need to remind the people of stuff? Just a reminder to everybody. Um, you can always listen to the podcast ad free on our Patreon at the $10 level and everybody on Patreon can listen to our Love is Blind episode that we released this week and our Love is Blind episode that we will be releasing next week while we will wrap up the wonder that is Love is Blind. Man, they gave us a gift this season. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to everybody for all your suggestions about what we should cover after next week when there's no new maths. Um, We are taking it under consideration. We are making plans and making lists. We might have a couple guests coming your way. So there's going to be lots going on uh, while MAFS, the TV show, is on its hiatus here on Alter Call. But just a reminder, if you want to hear us talk about Housewives, we were on Mandy Slutsker's show a couple weeks ago, and all we talked was BravoCon and Housewives. So feel free to go over there. You can hear what we thought about Potomac and Salt Lake and Beverly Hills a couple weeks ago. So, Tane, before we get to what is happening with all the old people, I really want to talk about something I asked about last week, which was when bitch asked Kristen if she had any hobbies and she got real offended. And I asked you guys to message me, um, which you did, which I was super appreciative and grateful for. um, Because the things that you guys messaged me about, I agreed with. There were two things. First was that Lots of people end up putting the things that they enjoy and the things that they do for fun on hold when they have kids. Sounds about right. Sucks. (laughs) But it is very true. And it's also not gender balanced in that, as with most things, when it comes to child rearing, women end up doing more, which means women end up giving up more. Totally understand that. And then the second thing, which I rail about all the time on the show, (laughs) which 
which is that whenever a, a hobby is female dominated or an activity or a TV show or anything that women like is then looked down upon by society in general, by men, it just gets that flavor. So I guess that's where Kristen was coming from. I think the part that confused me was I, she kind of, I still am a little confused about her reaction. I think the part that was offended, <laughs> we could blame it on editing. I think what offended her was like, you've lived with me for this long. Don't you see that I do things, but you've decided not to identify those things as hobbies. Actually, you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm team, I'm team Kristen. <laughs> that was the point that she was trying to make. You, we've been together and lived together for this long and I've done a bunch of things and you have decided that you don't look at them as hobbies and that's a blindness of Mitch. On one hand, I'm like, man, Mitch sucks. On the other hand, I'm like, well, more evidence of Mitch being exactly who he always was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that makes sense, but I think we were just also like slightly judging her because she had overreacting tendencies and also, like I said earlier, blaming it on the editing, so... But let's go with Mitch. <laughs> I, I like with Mitch. <laughs> I like blaming it on editing. <laughs> we don't know <Yeah>. those people. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, like we said, we're always open to grow. So that was good perspective. So thank you, Jordan and Chapter Two Fifteen. We appreciate it. Okay, so Tane, what's going on in Maths Land? Okay, I am going to start with Beth and Jamie because. Last week, I told you guys that they were moving. They're not telling us where it was, but we've been following the, oh, I say we, maybe it's just me, following them through their journeys. As they pass through each state, Beth is like, nope, it's not Missouri. No, it's not Kansas. No, it's not. They finally got to where it is that they've moved to. And all we keep getting is, oh, I don't want to see boxes anymore. Oh, we thought we were going to announce it this afternoon, but we're so tired. Don't worry. You haven't missed it. Oh, and I'm the loser who keeps going back to keep checking if they've announced. <laughs> and I'm like, what has my life come to that I'm checking to see if someone on a reality show, what state they've moved to? How does this add to my life? <laughs> so I'm just annoyed that she has not told us yet. And I checked right before we started recording and... We still don't know what state they moved to. And I if it's California again, I'm just going to throw things. Is she posting things to keep you in suspense, though, to make sure that you know that the announcement is coming? Yeah, because she's like, we thought they got there. Then she posted the boxes in their apartment or house or wherever it is. And she's like, oh, we thought we we're going to announce it yesterday afternoon. But, you know, we were tired. But don't worry, you haven't missed it. We're going to announce it this evening. And that was like yesterday and nothing today. So. Hmm. Okay. A watch pot never boils, so I'm just going to stop checking. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. <laughs> um, every now and then we get some, you know, things about the show or information about the show. And we got some information like, you know, Lindy and Miguel are still together. And, you know, in terms of we've always wondered about how people get recruited for the show. Um, I think Lindy thought it would be fun to be on TV and... Miguel was recruited by producers and it reminded me of, I did have a friend whose brother was recruited for the DC season through Instagram on here. I think he made it through two rounds and then it was nothing, but it didn't seem like it was that difficult. But then it made me wonder like, what makes a person look eligible for maths via, like through Instagram? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what I okay, Jasmina has a beautiful Instagram. She has a very distinctive type of Instagram. And I'm like, is that the kind like male or female? 
or like a Steve Instagram. I don't know where you take a lot of, I don't know. How many thirst trap pictures do you think you need to take in order to qualify to be recruited for the show? I would, and I would be the one to think that a thirst trap picture would disqualify because then I'll think you're coming for clout. But that would be interesting. I mean, for all the specials that maps have, maybe that's something they should delve into the recruiting process. But they'll, oh, they'll never. go ahead. Never. <laughs> they like to keep the lie alive that they had 15,000 people who wanted to get married. Well, who was it that <laughs> told us that they were found on Instagram? Was it Lindy? Someone told us an after party saying that they were just thinking about it and they were watching with their family, something. There was somebody who actually said it on after party and I was surprised they kept that in. Yes, that was last year though. I feel like that was last year. Or maybe it was Ben. Never mind. (laughs) So moving on, um, I did forget to mention last week, Clara did give more detail about the guy. If you guys remember, I mentioned a guy that she met in Vegas and she almost got married to him but didn't. And the guy in question, she might not have had a one-night stand. That was my bad for just assuming based on the TikTok that they said in spending the night with someone. But they spent all night together. And the guy actually lives in Canada. And now they're trying to figure out how to make it work. And this past week, she posted a trip, an itinerary ticket, something, uh, going to Canada. Good for Clara. <laughs> um. Again, I mentioned. I'll just leave that. <laughs> no, I mean, good for her. It's just like you know, long distance. I can't remember if she mentioned something about that during her season, but hey, you never know. Um, last week I also mentioned that Gil seemed to have found a job with the United Airlines, and people were asking if he was still um, a firefighter, and he clarified for us that yes, he is still a firefighter. Katina and Olajuwon moved out of their apartment. Um, They captioned it like bye to the first apartment that we shared together. I actually forgot that he sold his house. Because I was like, why are they in an apartment? I was like, oh yeah, he did sell his house. Which on one hand, he sold his house at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. um, And I hope they find a house together. But man, that's a big step because you got married. That's commitment. I don't know if it was that because he got married or because he was just going to make money off of it. Maybe. Except maybe. now it's just going to be a bitch to get a house <laughs> with these rates that's going on. Um, Amani and Woody also bought a house, so they're just moving on up. And fi- Oh, good for them! It's just, it's so fun to see their progress from the moment they met to now. And finally, Dr. Jessica and Dr. Pepper had a meetup, and the caption was, working on big, big things. I, it could be hmm. anything, so... I don't know. I was like, what do you think about her coming back to the show? I am fine with it. I am fine with Jessica coming back, but I don't know. I can't believe they shot Nashville with just two experts again. I I don't know why I'm very surprised by that because there's enough time to fill the gap. There was, and they chose not to. I don't, the experts are becoming less and less of a presence on the show. And so to me, it tracks that they went with two, they barely bring them on, and I never liked the experts that much anyway, so I don't miss them. <laughs> well, yeah. That's all I got. Before we get into it, we will be right back after this commercial break. They say time waits for no one, and neither should payday. To keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get earn in. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. 
then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use the money you get from Earnin to make sure you have your spending money ready for your fun spring break trips to the beach. Make Earn In a part of your financial routine and join Earn In's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earn In, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earn In today, that's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in AltoCall on the podcast because when you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AltoCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we are back. Are you ready to talk about this marvelous second part of a reunion? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm ready. So we pick up right where we left off, which is Justin and Alexis arguing about whether or not she came to his house in the middle of the night. Um, and she denies it and he calls her a compulsive liar. Once you piss off Justin, he just comes up with a random, like, insults. (laughs) Like, compulsive liar? (laughs) This is not a good look. (laughs) He says that she tries to gaslight. You know, the thing about this story is I was waiting for Kevin to dig down and, okay, did you go to his house in the middle of the night and not ask for, like... Where exactly is the disconnect here? Maybe there's a possibility, but one of them is just lying because she's like, I never went to his house in the middle of the night. I was like, okay. I think the other thing I thought about too was like, if somebody was coming to your house, wouldn't there be a text or a phone call or something? I don't know. Like, hey, are you home? Or did she just show up fully convinced that he was home? I mean, the man doesn't like to leave. (laughs) (laughs) If she had assumed that he was home, that would be based on previous behavior. Um... Kevin says, having watched every second of this, what is the real problem? And immediately I was like, does that mean Kevin is saying that he's watched this whole show? Mm. Yes. Which I'm glad to hear, even though everything going forward in this episode would make you think that he hadn't. Um, Justin says the problem is that Alexis wasn't there for love. And uh, I don't know. I'm just, Justin, I I can't stand the man. (laughs) Um, They talk about how she grew past her lack of physical attraction for him. 
on one hand, I'm like, wow, wow, that's something to say. Um, but it's and, also a lie. You know, uh, I, I will agree where Justin says that the, the energy wasn't reciprocated, which came up in the show. We all thought it was true. I agree with Justin. She tried to fake it. I think she tried very, very hard to fake it, but she was not successful. Yeah. I mean, he flat out said after the honeymoon, she didn't want me. And that's fact. Everything changed after the honeymoon. Kevin asks if there's a chance for friendship. And she says after today, she's done. Note, that will change. <laughs> you can't take anyone's word in this show. <laughs> <laughs> Now we have special guests. No one else got special guests this year except for the two of them. Yeah. I wondered about that. We get... I didn't need them. So Darrell and Amber, they're very level-headed. They're very... I mean, Justin's brother actually I quite enjoyed because he very diplomatically says, after they show us the clips of him telling Justin not to do this, that he didn't think his brother was prepared for the challenges that marriage would bring. And we thought he was a hater. He was not a like I know. He just knew his brother. We didn't know. We weren't ready for Justin. We didn't know. But his brother knew. Amber says that he is more that Justin is more hot headed than he presented, and he's good with words. But then he says things in the heat of the moment, and then certain words that uh, Amber said, I was like, she sounds just like Alexis, which makes sense because they're sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're talking about the dog because we'll never stop talking about Maya. Justin's brother says that giving the dog away wasn't going to be good for the marriage because he was going to be resentful um, about giving the dog away. So Justin's brother makes it very clear that it was completely Justin's idea to get rid of the dog. <laughs> very, very clear. <laughs> but that he was going to be resentful and he knew it was going to be a problem. And Kevin reminds us that Alexis told Justin, don't resent me for the dog. And uh, he went ahead and resented. Then Alexis, this is the thing. Is Alexis a compulsive liar? Because she, well, actually, I believe her in this one. She says that the incident with Maya and Newton, she wasn't mad that it happened. She was mad that later on she found out that there had been other incidences that he had not told her about. I think that's fair because her complaint always was that he was inconsistent and always leaving things out you know i agree yes that 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 tracks and good news because i do consider it good news maya is back with justin Yay! Um, we, <laughs> we saw the mystery of where justin's best friend lives colorado uh justin went to colorado and then drove back with maya and a happy for him i know i was wondering where the friend came from and finally we got the answer so Justin's brother and Alexis's sister both agree that this is not a thing, that they were very different and there's nothing wrong with that, but they are not compatible. Justin says that he's not dating. Um, this is where you're like, Kevin, did you watch the show? Because Kevin decides to ask, can there be healing here? Can this relationship be fixed? And Alexis is just like, Kevin, what are you doing? This is just the theme the entire time in the entire episode that made it even worse. Like, Let's stop promoting unhealthy relationships. We're not staying together for the sake of staying together. Thank you. Because there's nothing... They're two grown adults who have actually made a good decision for themselves. And why do you nutcases keep on challenging this very good decision? I don't know. They always make it seem like if it doesn't work out on maths, it's the end of the world. 
Now's your chance. You might as well just make it work no matter what. Why? Not the case. So Alexis says that her big life change is that she moved into a new apartment. It's a loft. She's painting and sculpting. Then she says she's not dating, but that people saw her actually get married. So now basically they're interested and her her DMs are lighting up. And she uh, makes a joke about Justin in her DMs that does not land well at all. <laughs> and then, he, and then the, true to form i'm sorry i'm sorry the the jokes that aren't jokes it, it's very alexis it's very alexis once again kevin tries to get them back together and asks if they'll talk and even as friends i guess and alexis says you attack my character and i didn't like that and that hurt her feelings and then justin apologize we see them do this 10 times <laughs> justin apologizes she accepts his apologize that's all nice and good but i was like i don't agreeing about whether or not she went to his house in the middle of the night or if she's a compulsive liar i I didn't hear that Mm -hmm. so next up is the ladies um kevin the chaos agent asks (laughs) (laughs) ask who is still friends Kristen says because she always wants to make things look good she says that they're all friends they have a group chat and they've seen each other a bunch since decision day and i was thinking i bet you that's all true but i like if you have a friend group, some people are just better friends with each other. And it's not like terrible for you to be like, oh, I'm, and eventually they do get to, I'm really close to this person. I'm not, but why, why do you have to tell Kevin, oh, we're all besties? Yeah. This group is weird. <laughs> and when they were doing that, I was like, we're just wasting time. We already know like Kristen and Alexis are besties, but like, just say who's closer. Instead, they talk about tra- how they trauma bonded Alexis and Kristen. And I'm like, <laughs> we're, you- we're still using the term incorrectly. <laughs> yes, I thought of you. I was like, uh-uh-uh, Aid is not going to like this. I guess the word has been redefined. For, we might have new listeners who don't know what we're talking about. So you might want to explain the whole trauma bonding fiasco. I need to stop saying that people are wrong. I guess the definition of the term has changed. I think the original term of trauma bonding is like in an abusive relationship, the abusive person creates trauma and then uses the recovery of the trauma. Basically, it's like someone hits someone and then like they hug and they kiss and they're like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then you, the abused person forgives them and moves on and then feels like, oh, because we went through this bad thing together and we recovered from it, we're closer now. That's trauma bonding. It's where the trauma inflicts the bond. (laughs) But now people just use it to anytime you bond over traumas that you both have separately. Now it's trauma bonding. Okay. I mean, and then it applies in this case. Because save for Lindy and and Stasha, well, maybe Stasha, this was trauma for them. Right? Yeah. Oh, wait. So maths would be the person they're trauma. Okay. Take it back. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They say their group chat name is Sister Wives. Y'all check out our Sister Wives episodes (laughs) on Patreon. Um, I'm like, if you watch that show, I feel like you would rename your group chat. (laughs) Um, They, uh, Kevin asked Morgan how she felt being like, you know, the odd one out. But she's like, I was still in the group chat and they kept me in the loop. This is what we mean by like boredom. Do I care that Morgan was still in the group chat? Um, we did get, I guess, a tidbit about Alexis's decision to go talk to Morgan. She says she did go to Morgan. Morgan came to her. Morgan was pouring her heart out. So Alexis then provided information that she had. 
she says that Morgan said, please tell me if you know something, which Morgan probably knew that Alexis knew something. <laughs> okay, so then is it fair to compare that Morgan went to Alexis and Alexis shared stuff? So why can't Ben go to Justin about stuff? Does that ever come up? No. We have a story here. And the story here is that Morgan was injured by Ben and no one ever contradicts the story. They just kept saying that he was telling lies, but I really wish they went specifically what lies he was telling. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the first time he went to Justin, it was that he didn't understand whether she was a nurse or not. And maybe she felt like he maligned her character by saying she was a nurse. He didn't understand. Fine. But after that, what was he saying? I mean, she also said something about she's jealous that he came from a perfect family. And I'm just, I don't know. We were lacking details. I think it's annoying that we made it all the way to episode 19, second part of the reunion. And we don't know. We have not been given more information. What was so bad that couldn't be shared with us? Uh, Alexis says that it was hard to watch Morgan and Ben fall apart, but she did just tell the truth and she does feel she made the right decision, but maybe she could have done things differently, but she does. It was kind of a back and forth a little bit. Um, Morgan says that she's glad that Alexis told her because Ben wouldn't have ever told the truth and she needed the truth and that Alexis and her are friends and they've never fought about this. What I thought was funny was she said she could have done things differently, but she doesn't regret that she told. So then what would you have done differently? Because the main crux of the matter is that you told. (laughs) She could have given Justin warning before she told. (laughs) She could have done, because that's a thing that you can do. If someone is, if you're in a situation where you want to tell somebody, you can always give the other person an opportunity to come clean before you run your mouth. I still, you know, to be honest, I don't really think Alexis did much wrong here. <laughs> um, I think what I would have done differently, given how delicate the situation is, is I would have talked to Ben. I was like, she doesn't know I'm talking to you right now, but she's worried. But I think that you should have a conversation because I know you've been talking to Justin. Give him the chance to talk to her first. Then if she doesn't and Ben is still, I mean, Morgan is still complaining to her, then you can tell. But don't take it upon yourself to be the first line of defense and spill the information give them a chance to so go to ben and tell him Hmm. okay yes that is something she could have done so then they transition to talking about Kristen and mitch and how everybody kind of hates mitch stasha says that mitch was on her shit list from day one and that every time she greeted him she called him a bitch this is nuggets by the way it is. Kevin asked, did he earn it? And Stasha says, absolutely. And then Kristen says she wanted someone to call him a bitch. She wanted someone to say that you're not trying hard and he could try harder. And the ladies were the one who let her know that this is not okay. But they still supported her in like trying to make the marriage work. I actually don't think it's very helpful to be just be calling this man a bitch every time you see him. It was just a little uncomfortable. Like you're just insulting someone. Like, yeah, I mean, he had questionable behaviors and he did not always act right all the time but it's just on the level of humanity like i don't know just calling someone a bitch every single time wow like i if you have a problem with the way he's treating your friend why don't you just say that instead of passively aggressively calling him a bitch then they show the pool scene i i would love a count on how many times we've seen the pool scene 
between the reunions and the replays and the decision. How many times have we watched that pool scene? That's the other thing. If you're going to do flashbacks, can you show us stuff that we haven't seen? Yeah. Kevin asked what everybody thinks, and Alexis said she was proud, and that initially, you know, Kristen said Team Mitch, and without that, it would have been even worse. And their group reaction was finally, and that was a release for all of us. The thing about the scenes is like, it wouldn't be so bad if Maps in itself wasn't a recap show. When the show starts every week, we have like a, what feels like a 10 minute <laughs> recap. When we watch the show, they always do flashbacks that feel like five minute recaps. Then when they show us the preview for next week, we see it multiple times on after party in between shows. Then we see it all. The cycle begins every week. And then towards the end of the episodes, we don't know. They don't know what to fill the episodes in with. So then it's a recap show. Then on decision day, they do a recap where they make them do voiceovers for the recap that we've already seen. And then one, we have to go through the recap as a group. Then we have another recap when they sit down as couples. So I'm burnt out. Out. my voice just went octaves because it was i was like what in the fuck <laughs> great summary tape great summary gosh oh that's what we are by episode 19 good god everything you said just so true and everything you said we'll be back next season to watch and do the cycle oh, all over this again this is what we do <laughs> So then they get into what I think is an organic discussion about rings that quickly devolves into an ad for James Allen rings. <laughs> Which we hadn't heard from James Allen in a minute, so I'm glad they got one more ad in there. Then they show Lindy discussing her discussion with her friend, and she's like, I wish I would have never done that. And when you say things, you can't take it back. And that he was never controlling. I gave that a little side eye. I'm like, was he never? <laughs> She said she was never done with the marriage and they got to grow something. Uh, Kevin asked the group, was there any concern about Lindy? And Kristen says no, but they had had so much smooth sailing that they kind of needed to have an argument to be normal, basically. I'm sorry, Aid, but have we not heard that conversation like at the bottom baseline three times? Of, Mitch, right of before Miguel and Lindy going smooth sailing, <laughs> so they were surprised and they were like... <laughs> moving on <laughs> <laughs> to another conversation that we've heard many a time Nate and Stasha and the spectrum of love I, I find it amazing that I can watch a scene many many episodes episodes ago I said the man is clearly talking about their love he's not talking about Stasha mm-hmm. it's now been how many weeks and Stasha is still identifying that scene as him ranking her instead of ranking their relationship mm-hmm. And then everybody backs her up in her nonsense. And again, this was like, what? Was it three weeks in in or something? And it's like four out of ten. I'm slowly getting there. It was not a never, but... Anyways, it's the same thing we've said all the time. Alexa says that Stasha elevated Nate. I was like, eh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) That's another thing. Um, We never got into the Nate and all the things that he said about Alexis in the confessionals. That never happened in the entire four hours total of a reunion that we had. (laughs) And also, since it doesn't appear to me, at least like they're friends now. So clearly there's something to discuss there, but we're not going to discuss it. Why, Why would we? And then to fill in some more time, they talk about Stasha taking care of Luna, the dog. And basically Nate did all the work. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Alex 
Alexis and Justin at dinner where they made everybody uncomfortable, I guess, arguing. Alexis says that with Justin, she felt maternal and like she was a mother and he was her child and that she always had to be strong. And Kevin asked the group how they feel about an emotional man. And Morgan was like, I could never handle that. (laughs) They're always... Like, it's weird to me because I'm generally a fan of women complimenting each other. But I don't think I'm a fan of women complimenting each other on how well they put up with men's shit. (laughs) They're strong. (laughs) And this just sounded like, like you're so wonderful. I can't believe how you dealt with Justin. And it's like, I don't know. That makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I, we did find out that Justin cried every day, according to Alexis, unless she's a compulsive liar. I don't think she is. I think he cried every day. It's not far from the truth. She said that she emotionally regulated for both of them, which I'm sure is the truth, too. Yeah. Then they talk about the advice they would give themselves from the beginning. Sorry. I wanted to say Do you have anything about... to say about that? Yeah. I want to say something about when Alexis said the whole crying thing. And I think Kevin asked her if that affected her attraction to him and she said her attraction level was depleted by that and I was like so he was not wrong by saying that you did not want him like don't that's where he's right that she's gaslighting him like everyone in the world could see and he could tell that you did not want him in that way so yeah yes it's interesting though yeah she just she wasn't attracted to him Um, It was clear to us. It was clear to everybody. And then she would say, but I am attracted to you. But she dropped too many, like, she wasn't even really saying that. She was just coming up with different ways to kind of put it on him. The fact that she was not attracted to him. Alexis forgets that her nonverbal, the word she doesn't say, is almost as loud, if not louder, than the word she actually says. And her nonverbals are, as you say, very loud. (laughs) Um, Kevin asked everybody what they would do, what advice they would give themselves if they were starting this right now and whatever. No one said anything interesting. Um, then we have the guys. So Kevin asks if they all hang out. Justin says, the four of us hang out. And there's no confusion about who the four of them are. That's everybody besides Nate. I wanted to hear more about this. Yes. Is it that? (laughs) This is what we would use use the time for. Why is Nate left out? <laughs> Why did nobody say that's is, not true? <laughs> I'm like, is Nate left out? Or is it that, you know, you got one group of four and another group of four and you just can't have Nate and Justin together? I, we would never know because Kevin never asked. I'm just very surprised Nate didn't jump in to say I hang out with them because that will hurt Justin's feelings. Because I think Justin thinks he has the upper hand because he hangs out with the four and he assumes they just don't hang out with Nate. So I'm very surprised Nate didn't jump in unless they edited that out. And if the girls are still cool, I wonder if, I mean, if Stasha and Nate sometimes hang out with some of the girls together, I don't know. <laughs> um, apparently Justin and Ben are good, which is actually kind of news because there was an after party where Ben said that they were not friends anymore yeah. or Justin said they weren't friends anymore. So I guess they have patched things up in the meantime. Kevin asks if Justin feels bad about running his mouth and 
he says, I mean, Kevin doesn't even get to finish the question before Justin's like, yes, I feel bad. And I think this is one of Justin's most annoying traits. Justin has a lot of regrets about things that he wish he would have done, but there doesn't seem to be much application of life lessons. He just does the same things over and over again. Man, that man got a lot of work to do. Mm. <laughs> Your own brother says he's not ready for the challenges that marriage would bring. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kevin jokes about him not knowing that Alexis was going to drop a dime and neither did Ben. And Miguel talks about how the friendship was strong and friendship, you can overcome challenges. Sometimes Miguel sounds real smart. And other times I'm like, but did you really need to say that? Is that necessary? It's his nerdy side. (laughs) The academic side? (laughs) Kevin says... That Morgan and Ben might have worked out if they had had sex earlier. Oh my god. And Kevin sort of pulls the group if they think this too. And Nate says basically agrees with him. And Ben says next question. I mean, Mitch and Kristen had sex. so Didn't solve all their problems, did it? (laughs) Kevin says sex won't solve all problems, but it could have helped. And they all agree with that. And I'm like, uh... I mean, I think it would have just introduced more hatred into the situation. I'm just, everything about it is unhealthy because yeah, if it helped, it's not gonna, it's just gonna mask the fundamental problems that they had. Basically, they were incompatible. So go away, Kevin. (laughs) And once again, begs the question, asking questions like that, you're just like, did you watch the show? He's just rooting for love. Kevin addresses Mitch's face during the stripper at the bachelor party. Kind of glad we even had some discussion about this. And asks, so he asked Mitch what he was thinking when he saw Nate with the stripper. And he said he wasn't thinking anything. Do you think that's true, Tate? (laughs) Yes, because maybe he's so used to it. It was a nothing thing to him. Just as something for everybody else. You think it was nothing for Mitch? Oh, sorry. I thought you meant Nate. Um, I mean, I think if you, you have to think like Mitch. Mitch doesn't think like the average person. So I think he meant like he just blanked out. And he was like, I cannot believe this. And you're on camera also. Oh my God. And just, well, I guess that's not nothing. <laughs> Nate says that Stasha saw it and she didn't care about it. And she's transparent about boundaries. I don't, I think that means, oh, you did that with the stripper. Good for you, but you will not be doing that with anybody again. Okay. That's great. But maybe ask that question during their segment. Like, hello. (laughs) That would have livened thing up instead of arguing about the same stuff that they argued about the whole time they were on the show. Mm -hmm. So then Kevin gets into how some people were a little suspicious of Nate when they first met him. And Miguel was like, I think you're talking about me. So I'll start. (laughs) Miguel (laughs) said that Nate always said the right thing and that it made him even a little bit jealous. And because he always said the right thing and sounded so smooth, I guess, he wondered if he was curated. But then about a week after he met him, he realized that this is who he is. And uh, he didn't think that he was curated anymore. Nate says that that perception comes with him not opening up all the way with the boys. He was focused on Stasha. It was very, I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> Which I always say, like, Naps is one that doesn't have that. Every reality TV show, I'm not here to make friends. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, but Nate apologizes for being surface. What did you think of that? I mean, I think it was valid. It was the same thing that we had in the beginning of the season where we were like, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's saying all the right things, but we're not quite sure if he's being genuine or not. I think we even had a poll saying, do we believe Nate? Do we trust Nate? So I thought it was cool that we weren't the only, it wasn't just the viewers. Like the people in the present with him thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then Kevin decides to stir up some drama by asking Justin his opinion. And Justin declines to start any drama. And I will give Justin a point for that. Get out of here. Now we move on. (laughs) What? He can get out of here. Kevin or Justin? (laughs) Justin. (laughs) Kevin, now times to talk about Justin and his emotions. Then they show the worst package I mean, I'm like, Lindsay and her stuff from last season, was that the worst package? But a package of just Justin crying over and over and over again, it it was a little bit eh to watch. I had to start examining my feelings about toxic masculinity (laughs) that I was so bothered by this segment. Well, I think the thing is, you're not bothered because Justin is a man. Even if it was a woman, you'd feel the same way. You're an equal opportunity emotional discriminator. That's you have to agree with me, so I'm not putting words in your mouth. You know, we just carry things, okay? I just the way I was raised, it's not that you're never supposed to cry. It's just that you need to like I don't understand crying about everything. There are things worth crying about. And I also find tears to be a little emotionally manipulative. That's just my opinion. The criers of the world are going to come for me. Guys, let me give you context. She's not lying. This is her. Last week, Aid was like, you know, we, we always do catch-ups. Like, how was your week? How was your whatever? And she's like, you know, I cried last week or whatever week it was. Me perking up, so excited. I'm not excited because my friend is crying. I'm just excited. Like, wow, tears. Aid, What? I'm like, what happened? And she's like, oh, no, it wasn't any. I'm fine. It was gymnastics. Guys, I was like, you know, we call it a hiss in my culture. And I think like some Caribbean people do that when you're just like, that's exactly what I did. Like, what what, what are you even, that, that doesn't count. So aid and tears, no, not a thing. <laughs> she's not mean when you cry because I've cried in front of her, but it's just, it's not her thing. <laughs> just because you were crying about things worth crying about. <laughs> To be fair, to be fair, even if you weren't, I would have been nice. I'm nice to people when they cry. I just wish they wouldn't if it's not worth crying about. Yeah, but I also know in my head is like, oh my God, I hope this doesn't last much longer. (laughs) I only have about five minutes worth of right, appropriate reaction. And the whole time with Justin, I just kept on seeing someone cry over and over and over again. And I just felt like each time he was crying, he was putting on an Alexis to solve it. Yeah. I mean, it is true. I mean, that's the thing. It's not that you can't... There have been people... Like, I know people who are criers, and I've also known people who actually don't like that in their partners. But the only difference is that it's always been the other gender, where it's the criers are women, and it's men that don't like it. I don't think I've ever seen it the other way around. And I think that's why Justin's case is very, everyone has to examine themselves because we don't know how to react to it. Cause the first thing is like, it's a lot, but then you have to check yourself. Is it a lot? Because 
he's a man? Because I'm sure we've had women on the show in all the last seasons where they've cried a lot. But did we have this Ooh. reaction? Well, I don't know. I feel like Stasha <laughs> cried a lot, but I feel like she cried for reasons. Here's the problem with Justin. I know what it is. Justin cries for things like it's not everything he should be crying. Like we can't regulate what people cry about. But when you cry about Ben that you just met five <laughs> days ago, that's a problem. When you cry when, you know, every time you fight with your wife and she's trying to make a point, and I think you made that point early in the season where it's like, how do you make a point when you feel like an asshole and you're crying? So to your point where it's manipulative, I don't know if that's his goal, but it's almost hard to continue the conversation because you have to stop and acknowledge that this person is crying. So it's the thing that, you know, his brother just said something. His brother's trying to tell him, hey, I don't think you're ready. You're this, You start crying. Where do you go? The brother just, he just looked at him. Like, what do I say now? So it's just for everything. We expect him to cry. And it's kind of like, it derails whatever conversation is happening in the moment. And I'm really not sure. Because at the end of the day, I, I do believe that Justin's tears are always genuine. Yeah. So. So I don't know how he's supposed to solve this. He just has to find the person who can deal with it. And the person is not Alexis. I don't know who is, really. But something tells me that he's able to regulate because the entire reunion, both parts, he did not, at some point, he did not cry. At some point, his voice broke and I thought he was going to, but he did not. <sighs> I just so, know what because... we just talked about for a while. Like... <laughs> Because you have to, I feel like you have to, when you watch a, a segment of a man crying over and over again, and you're deeply uncomfortable and annoyed, I feel like you have to examine, like, what societal forces are upon me that I'm reacting this way? I think it's a good thing to examine. Um, But, you know, Nate kind of summed it up what I probably would have said had I been sitting there, and is like... <laughs> Nate's like, I thought it was weird. No, you gotta say it like Nate. You cry too much. It's weird. <laughs> I live, just, I, I live for Nate saying it's weird. <laughs> Justin says, that's why your wife says you show no emotion. And you know, as far as digs go, that was a pretty good one. Because it was true. I mean, I guess. And sorry, now that we're thinking about it, I'm thinking about Bachelor in Paradise where the women always cry all the time. And that bothers me too. Actually, I roll my eyes because it's like they're crying for every single thing. So I think that's the issue that I'm, the conclusion I'm coming to as to why it makes me uncomfortable is like, if you do it every single time, it just, you become immune to it and it means nothing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyways. Oh, and then- I, I, because you know what? And I will say this when given the opportunity to start some drama, Justin declined, <laughs> but Nate decided to take him up on it. And then it led to Justin feeding it and saying, look at that short man syndrome. And I was like, what? That was embarrassing for Justin. <laughs> How are you going to call Nate short? Like not Miguel, <laughs> you say Nate, you're calling him <sighs> short, but that's the thing with Justin. He's so reactive, which is why when he says he's learned all these lessons, it's a goddamn lie. Like he just wants to hurl insults to you. He's the kind of person you say, ha ha, your pants are short. He's like, well, your head is fat or something. He just wants to throw something back at you. And he has to say something, it, whether it makes sense or not, but to call Nate the short man syndrome doesn't make sense. And I think all it boils down to is that Nate and Justin met and Nate quickly figured out that he and Justin weren't going to mesh. Mm -hmm. 
And he just tried to avoid him. And Justin, you know, he took that personally, like MJ. <laughs> and he has carried this on. And that's why when he gets an opportunity, he wants to like throw some shade toward Nate. And I'm like, just because a man didn't like you, you're going to go through life meeting a lot of people who don't like you. Move on. I think the experts should do is No, I'm not going to watch a show about Justin. I was going to say they should do like a spinoff on Justin where they take a year and just kind of like work with him on a lot of things. Because I think Justin has a lot of like unresolved stuff, like dating back to like his breakup with his fiance and, you know, maybe his brother raising him, but there's a cause for something, but something's going on with Justin. He's not reaching his full potential. Yeah. (laughs) So next we have a segment with the experts who asked for this. Kevin says that he gives, I'm sorry. Kevin says that they did a good job because they got two and a half out of five. (laughs) I don't know where Kevin got a half. (laughs) Um, They do a little session and Dr. Pepper agrees that people tried and that Kevin says, we're going to bring out some people and we're going to see about salvaging Alexis and Justin. And once again, that's where we're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) Okay. So we start with Mitch and Ben as our first pair. Dr. Pepper is surprised that Mitch has shoes. I thought the shoe thing was an after party thing. But apparently it was a common thing for Mitch to not wear shoes because Dr. Pepper is surprised he has shoes. (laughs) And also, it seems like when they walked out, that was like their first time seeing them for real. Like the couples and the participants each time they walked out. This is strange, though, because I'm like, even when the siblings came out, they greeted each other like they hadn't seen each other. And I was like, you did not see each other backstage. It's not. Um... Mitch says he has a list of things that he did wrong. And then we see more flashbacks of Mitch just saying some dumb stuff. Pastor Cal says that he felt like he was in dad mode because he was protective of Kristen after hearing all these things that Mitch said. And Mitch says he wishes he could not had not said those things. And he's always been defensive about being an outsider. And the experience made him realize how far he'd fallen down the rabbit hole of being like, I feel like it's almost like I'm going to reject the world before the world rejects me. Ooh, insightful. Um, But uh, he says he's working on it. Uh, Ben says they make a joke about how Ben um, has no issues admitting he was wrong. And we get to see the greatest hits of Ben saying he's sorry over and over again. And... Pastor Cal says not to lose himself in feelings of despair. And Dr. Pepper asks if he's working on his perfectionism, but she says he is. And then we go back to Mitch the outcast. And Pastor Cal says, you can take yourself. Um, Pastor Cal says the whole, you know, you were very welcomed in the group. I'm thinking to myself, you mean by the woman who greeted him as bitch each time? That was the welcoming that you're talking about? (sighs) He's like, you were very welcome, so why did you act like you weren't welcome? Then Mitch didn't really have an answer. And that was a whole big waste of time. (laughs) Did you get anything out of that? Nope. All right, guys, we'll be right back. And we are back. The next couple that, well, not couple, but the next segment of people that the experts met with was Kristen and Morgan. Um, They asked Kristen how she's doing. Kristen says she feels good and that she learned a lot and it was unique 
to be married and she is proud of the fact that she did not throw the towel at the first sign of conflict. Yes, she said this with Morgan sitting right beside her. (laughs) Morgan says she's been working on her reactivity and she's learning to react with her emotional side of her brain. Um, I feel like Morgan was prepped for the reunion because she said that a lot through the course of the reunion. Pastor Cal expresses their surprise there being him and Dr. Pepper at the decision day with Kristen and Mitch. And Kevin asked them if they kissed in the car. And she's like, yes, and she knows they're confusing, but she knows they don't make sense. Kristen always tries to be funny, but sometimes it doesn't land. Because um, it's not cute. It's- You're not confusing. You just look silly. <laughs> you don't, once again, I keep on saying this. I feel like a broken record. I do not think Kristen likes Mitch. Hmm. But yeah, by all accounts, she shouldn't. I think she might be a little fond of him, but she doesn't like him. So when she says things like we kissed in the car, we're just like, but why are you kissing someone that you don't even like that much? That's true. She just wants to belong to somebody. So they keep pushing and they keep pushing to find out what's going on with them. And Kristen is not helping because they were like, oh, we haven't talked, but it is good to see him though. I was like, shut it down and just say, no, there is nothing. Kristen says she was hurt by the wedding that she thought it was a great wedding, but watching things that he said back, that he just said some things that were not great. Pascal says that, oh, they're both great women, and he felt like a dad towards Kristen, and he felt bad that they put them together. Dr. Pepper says that, you know, they didn't see the side of him that was oppositional and defiant, and he just didn't get the woman he thought he would get. Pascal asked Morgan if there could have been more grace given towards Ben, and I'm like, all right, here we oh go. God. She's like, no. And it just wasn't one time. There was nowhere it was going to go. And I'm like, and that was it. Nothing happened. Dr. Pepper was like, um, he felt, um, yes, she felt betrayed. And yes, she understands that. But she has to understand that they were in strange circumstances. And love and time usually helps with that. And Morgan is like, that's cute. But it is what it is. That's not what she said. But that's basically the message that she gave. was like, well, here we are. That's what she said. So... <laughs> and then they just heap a lot of praise on Morgan and I just I no. It was this was not a segment for me. And then that was it with them. The next um group was well duo were Alexis and Justin. Pascal says he still doesn't see the cause for the breakup. Alexis says we are not compatible. <laughs> I was like, Pastor Cal, you should quit your job right now. If you watched a whole season of this and you didn't see the cause for the breakup. Pastor Cal believes in struggle love. Struggle love under the guise of it takes a while to get there. And the worst thing that happened is that Shanice and Jeffy somehow made it five years later. And now they're going to be the example for everything. Like if you just stick it through, everything's going to be fine. But if Shanice (laughs) and Jeffy didn't have a child. They will not be together today. And I say that with all mm-hmm. of the confidence in the world. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Pepper, who usually is the voice of reason, is not the voice of reason, instead says, can you give specific examples? Like, why aren't you compatible? And I just want to say this. I think I said this on our Twitter. I feel like the producers are doing us a disservice because now everyone's pulled back. And I don't know if you've noticed this, aid. Kevin is not digging as deep as he used to to get the thing. That was what we used to like about Kevin. Dr. Pepper used to go in and just kind of get to the root of everything. But now they're placating their people. Like, I can't believe how much Morgan got away with 
this season. Um, even an after party, Keisha is not going in and asking the questions like, you know, we usually do. And I think this is as a result of things that happened with Alyssa, what happened last season with Olajuwon, and then maybe um, everyone going in on Kevin when he went in on Haley and Jake and all that. And I think we're suffering for it. But I tell you all the time, and I don't know where people stand on this, but for me, Dr. Jessica yelling at Molly is one of the greatest moments in maths. Like, it's just sometimes you just need to call people out. Yes, she married the husband, but that's besides the point. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, people need to be, it's not so much, oh, people need to be asked the questions because those are the questions that the audience is asking. So why are we watching the show if we cannot watch a reunion and get our questions answered? That's why reunions are usually the best part. And I feel like that conversation, the closest that we ever got to it was maybe the conversation Dr. Pia had with Alexis and her saying that she's uncomfortable doesn't help the cause. They're probably going to give notes like, don't go too deep. Like they don't want to offend the talent, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but we lose is just what I'm observing from all of this. But yeah, Dr. Pepper asked her for specific examples as to why they are not compatible because now I want to add her to the pile. Do you watch the show? Alexis says he's sensitive and he can't take my jokes. I mean, I don't know if that was a good example because her jokes usually involve humiliating her husband. <laughs> she, it was amazing how she constructed a sentence that was true and untrue. <laughs> he's sensitive. Yes. He can't take my jokes. Your jokes are mean. Even if he wasn't sensitive, no one wants your jokes, Alexis. No one. She says she doesn't want to be in a marriage where she comes out different and she doesn't want to lose her spice and she wouldn't want him to lose his heart and his sensitivity. She says like he actually asked her to stop cracking jokes. And Justin is just like, okay, context is important. And, you know, he provided context and tells her, um, like he just said it's certain things that he said, which is making fun of him that she told him not to do that anymore. But she stands her ground and says like, you know, they just weren't normal with each other. Kevin is minimizing this and saying, wow, I can't believe people went into marriage thinking they're not going to argue. I'm like, Kevin, that's, this is not the thing. There's a difference between arguing and being incompatible. Yeah. Pastor Cal is still pushing and saying that they didn't try and that they quit at every trial that they encountered. And then, as if that wasn't enough, Kevin turns to Justin and asks him why he didn't fight for his marriage. And Justin, I don't know, Justin plays along, I guess, and says he never quite got over losing his dog. And Dr. Pepper (laughs) interprets that and says, so... That may have broken your trust, but I'm like, this is all moot. Alexis checked out after the honeymoon, guys. Like, it is what it is. And then, as if that wasn't enough, Kevin asks again, what is the real problem here? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Which one? Which one, Kevin? Dr. Pepper says, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she wanted him to be more of an alpha male and she backed away when he wasn't and then they became reactive instead of problem solving. I mean, she may be right, but honestly, at this point, I was just depleted. So, Pastor Cal says, the bad was that they got to know each other's issues and he's emotional and she's intense and they emotionally vomited on each other early on. That's not what happened either, but okay. Whatever helps you feel better. I don't know. 
So he says that it was too much for them when you don't have a foundation. And quite honestly, he thinks that they quit. And then um, Alexis, then he was like, oh, to be more, to be clear, Alexis quit and Justin confirmed it. Kevin says, yeah, he agrees. And that he feels like if Alexis was willing to work on it, Justin would have also worked on it. Pascal says, like, I mean, they've had couples that split and that they were clapping for them. Protective Pepper was like, yeah, like, go live a good life, go. But they didn't feel that way for them. They wanted them to be together. (laughs) Is this your life? (laughs) I just... (laughs) Is it your marriage? (laughs) These people are too invested. That's all I got out of that. They're too invested in their success rate. (laughs) At the end of the day, you match people and then those people decide whether or not they want to stay together. And it's not very kind after they have gone through a process and decided not to be together to bring them out and castigate them for breaking up. I do think it's unfair to blatantly say that Alexis quit because as much as I say that she checked out and that's true, she did tell us from jump that her nature is to run away, but she stuck it out. She easily could have left at any point in time. And then even on decision day, she was saying yes. And yes, I know her body language and all of that, but it's a little unfair. I just think it's a strong word to put on her that she quit. Yes, she did. But I think she quit when it was absolutely clear, like this is not going to go anywhere. Like we're not, we're not working together in the same direction. Do you think, and well, I believe that that Mitch and Kristen may have been subjected to something similar and they just didn't show it to us. You mean by the experts? Yes. Oh, they did because they showed it to us when Kristen had her outburst. That was part of it. When she was saying, oh, you need to, I don't know what Dr. Pepper was saying. And Kristen was like, nope, nope, nope. I'm not having it. But I mean like the same one-on-one therapy session in the reunion. Oh, you mean like they had that and we didn't, um... I don't think it was as much as this. This was just a lot of, they didn't accuse anyone of quitting. I think it's just heavy to blame someone for something we all saw. I think for them, it was just like, it wasn't, there wasn't much of an ac- accusation. And I don't, I don't know if they want them to be together. I think t- they, they all agreed that she went through a lot. And for Pascal to say, I was like a dad being protective. It just means like he's definitely team Kristen. I don't think they wanted them to be together. I just think that, um, what is the purpose of this? Like, is the purpose for the experts to say we have done our absolute best? I, I don't understand why you would ever bring two people together and tell them that they made a mistake in breaking up. Um, I'll say one thing. I do think the experts have the best interests of the people. Like, I don't think they wish them ill will. But I think people tend to romanticize a lot of things. So when you see, like, even in a lot of reality shows, um, you see couples that are clearly not working out, clearly not healthy for together, but you see people just still say, I'm rooting for you guys, only because they've seen them for so long. And it's just nicer when it's all wrapped up in a bow. So, oh, and then Kevin says that he's glad that they got to the root of the problem. I'm like, huh? And he said it could have been worked and the root of the problem could have been worked out. And Pastor Kyle was like, they still can. And Alexis makes a face. And all this was just so annoying for me to watch because 
Where was all this smoke for Morgan who actually quit? <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. I just, it's, it's not fair. If you're going to treat everyone, treat everyone equally and let's have equal smoke for everyone. They leave and they end their segment. They're also the only couple that we see walk away. I don't know if I was projecting, but Alexis seems pissed. It was almost like she stomped off the stage. <laughs> I'd be pissed too. I would be pissed too. I don't want to put this on her because she went through this with the intro. She went through this in the couple segment and then went going through this again with the expert. She said it in so many ways why it didn't work. So even after they left, Kevin is still asking the experts if there's hope for them. And they both said, yes, I'm over it. I'm <laughs> so over it. But he ends it and says, well, you guys did a great job matching. You are winning. And I'm like, wow. Okay. I could not believe that Kevin fixed his mouth to say that. At this point, I can't because it's crazy. All right. We'll be right back for the last segment where the entire group sits down with Kevin. And we're back. The whole group comes out, both guys and girls, and the experts have left at this point. And... They start with the clip of Shirtgate. Shirtgate, for those of you who don't remember, is when the wives convince their husbands to wear a shirt, and it turns out that they were all wearing the same shirt. Kevin asked Mitch why he couldn't just wear the shirt, and Mitch said he thought he was being set up for something, and he got defensive. Stasha was like, what could you possibly have been being set up for? And then he's like, well, it's less about the shirt and more about the trigger of being forced to do what I don't want to do. And Kristen asks, like, do you think marriage requires you to do stuff that you don't want to do? And he said, in some ways, yeah. And honestly, that made all the sense. Mitch is not someone that should get married. If you think you're going to do things that you don't want to do, you don't want to be told the things to do. Well, buddy, that's what marriage is, especially if you think you want kids. You're going to do things that you don't want to do because you have responsibilities and you're responsible for people now, not just yourself. So if you know that's not the life that you want to live, please go ye forth and be happy and just be single. So, And of all the things in marriage where you have to do what you don't want to do, wearing a shirt, an, it shouldn't even raise to that level, a, to any level. A nice shirt at that. So... So Kristen says that she was bothered that he would think that she would set him up. Miguel was like, well, I mean, to be fair, I also felt like I was being set up, but Mitch just took it too far. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is what I wish for Kristen more than anything. I need Mitch not to bother her in any way, shape, or form anymore. I need her to understand that they're incompatible people, that he is just not for her, and she doesn't need to be upset by his thoughts or his opinions. His opinions are crap. I... I it started with you're not that attractive and it's just been downhill ever since. I'll give her credit. And I think she meant at the time, cause I think she knew that he thought he was being set up. So she was saying that at the time she was bothered that he would think that. Or maybe I'm giving her too much credit, but that was how I interpreted it. That's true. No, no, no. Maybe, maybe she is over it. I hope for her sake. Does she seem over it to you? <laughs> I don't know because we're not going to talk about the preview for the, where are they now? Cause I'm just, mm-mm. Um, so Kevin asked if anyone sees the irony that he doesn't want his wife to tell him how to look, but he wanted to tell his wife how to look. Did you think this was a mic drop moment as it was? 
Ah, yes, it was. It was a mic drop. Okay, I did too. <laughs> Alexis was like, "Yikes!" And there was <laughs> Mitch is saying things, but he knows he's being caught in the net. And then he's like, yeah, I see the analogy, but it's different. But you can tell that Mitch has had enough. I think Mitch felt like he was the punching bag. (laughs) But he laid his bed. (laughs) He kind of has to deal with it now. So Kevin asked who came up with the term bitch. I'm like, oh my God, Kevin. (laughs) And they say Stasha. And Kevin says, did that hurt your feelings? And he goes, I mean, yeah, I mean, it rhymes with Mitch. It's been around for a while, but yeah, it did hurt my feelings. And then Stasha apologizes. I don't know if it was sincere. And I know everyone has been laughing about it, and I understand how easy it is, but it's kind of not cool. <laughs> it's no, not it's cool. not cool. I'm I'm not behind this whole calling Mitch a bitch thing at all. Yeah. And I'm surprised it was Stasha because on the season, they just showed Lindy calling him a bitch all the time. So, um, but you know, Mitch just accepts it and he's like, you know, yeah, you know, he laughs about it. And I was like, I do act like a bitch sometimes. So they laugh about it. Kevin. That's how Mitch stays likable. <laughs> that is how Mitch stays like, do you guys see that? Where he was called a bitch and then he was apologized to, he quickly accepted it and made a joke. <laughs> <laughs> he does very, very well on, on after party in here. It's just out in the real world that eh, it's not so great. Yeah. And Kevin asks, I repeat again, about Justin and Alexis. And he says, do you think they gave their all? Oh, my God. Kristen says, yeah, I think they did their best. Morgan, I think, is over it, too. She's like, yeah, they did. It didn't work out, and that's okay. (laughs) Thank you, Morgan. I don't know if I've said that this whole season, but thank you, Morgan. (laughs) Kevin brings up the club and Alexis says it's not just a club that they hung out all the time and she was just asking for two hours once a week. When this came up, we were going back and forth. We didn't understand it. But now I think I am on Alexis's side. I think she really did ask for just two hours a week because Justin didn't deny it. He just said he wanted her to stay home. And I'm like, oh gosh, there is more to be worked on with this guy. Nate said... Um, Alexis says they did things that she just wanted to live her own life too. Kevin asked Justin if he overreacted and he said he couldn't tell if she wanted him. And that was what was really driving his fear. Um, Kevin moves over to Morgan to ask what she takes responsibility for. And she said she overreacted. Once again, Ben takes responsibility that it was his fault, that he didn't this, he didn't do that. I'm like, ugh, it's enough. We get it. So Justin says he wants to make it clear that he wasn't telling Alexis about the stuff. And Kevin reminds him, oh, but you were a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and Alexis says, I take responsibility where I did not prioritize my commitment to my husband and not say anything. And she would have done things differently. Ben says again, if he didn't say anything to Justin, it wouldn't be a thing. He takes the blame again. And Morgan had to step in and be like, no, it was both our faults. They played the clip of Stasha being concerned about Lindy having sex with Miguel. And they asked how she felt. And Lindy said she understands that Stasha was looking out for her, but she's an adult and she can say no, but she can also say yes. Eight, I really, really liked her answer because 
That is just realistic. And I think that was what we discussed at the time where I said, she's an adult. Like you can show concern, but it's already been done. Like, what are you, you're either going to make her feel worse if in fact you're right, but you can just be there and support her. But I think that you can change your mind as an adult. And there's a reason why never say never is a thing. Yes, she wanted a connection, but listen, your mind says one thing, your kitty says another thing and things happen. Such is life. And if you want to be a friend at that moment, you have to approach it a certain way. And that is not the way Stasha approached it. Yeah. Miguel explains that the way things went, like things had been, you know, heating up like they were previous nights. And then, then this particular night, he was like, do you want to have sex? And he actually asked her consent before they had sex. I'm glad he got the chance to clear that up because it's just good to know that it wasn't a bad case scenario. Mm-hmm. So Kevin says that Justin and Alexis were the first to consummate their marriage. Justin says no comment. And Miguel is just cracks a joke and is like, oh, let us have the win. And Alexis says she has no comment, but Justin is like, yeah, we did. And I wish Alexis had stuck to her no comment and they could have just let it go because no, we have to have this whole penetration conversation. Thankfully, without the use <laughs> of the word penetration and coming or orgasming at this, this time. But she says they had fun and then they stopped and then she put on a negligee and then they worked it out. And then I, it didn't make sense, but I know that Nate and Kristen were making faces and they were not good faces. <laughs> <laughs> That's because this should never have been a topic of discussion. And I wonder if Nate and Kristen know more. Yeah. I think more. Kristen knows more. Definitely. And Kristen is looking at it like, Ooh, my girl having bad sex. And Nate is looking like, look at this guy. He was weird. and then she made a comment like she found out that she intimidates her husband sexually but then they worked it out what does that mean how did you interpret that i i didn't i i just just... felt like she was intimidating him so he lost his erection (laughs) i i that's why I said I didn't. I was, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for putting that visual. <laughs> and I do not know why she's telling us this. We do not need to know. Justin does not need his business out there like this. This is this is where Alexis, I, I lose my sympathies for her because she never skips an opportunity to make Justin look bad. And maybe she's mad about him lying. But she could have taken the high road. She did not need to tell us all this she, again. Yeah, she didn't need to go into detail. Um, she, they said that they worked it out. Nate is still shaking his head, but he's not saying shit. In fact, Nate has not said a single thing since they came out the entire time. So Kevin says Justin has said things about her that are untrue. What are they? She goes, well, I did not come for clout. I have no shame about sex. I did not go out all the time. And then Nate is like, um, he chimes in and was like, if that's true that she didn't go out all the time, then that's different from what you told me. And Justin says, hey, she's talking. And then she says, no, I'm just saying, like, you told me something different. And he's like, I'm not taking in anything that you say. And then he tells, Justin tells Nate, like, don't talk to me. And everyone's like, okay. Sasha is like, you guys stop. Kevin says to Alexis that she gave her all to make it work. And Justin is like, and I didn't. (laughs) And he says the major thing that he didn't do was like, he did not take her feelings into consideration. And that bothers him. I don't believe him for a second. He just likes to say like, 
he realized something, but I don't think he did. So he said the things he needs to work on was um, taking her feelings into consideration. And Nate interrupts and was like, well, you got to work on the lies, bro. <laughs> Like you know, I'm very interested in the idea that Nate and Justin were talking at some point and then something happened. I just assumed that it was from the very jump. But why does Nate know things? Because this is my interpretation. In the beginning, I mean, you know, there's a bond. There's another black man. And, you know, you got to, you know, help each other out. Like they said in the beginning that they were going to help each other. Until Nate realized, like, it's not just, hey, hey, bro, every now and then this is what I'm going through. Justin actually wants to have a gossip sesh and talk about his problems for five hours and then he cries about it and then he whines about it and then he probably overthinks it and Nate is not built for that. Nate just wants, are we getting to the point? What is the solution? Let's move on. And then it's like, let's keep it surface for about 10 hours. Cause I think he said something like, I wasn't here to cater to everybody. I was here to cater to just my wife and I just didn't have the energy and I'm not just going to put myself in that position. And I think that's why he bonded with Ben because Ben was coming every few seconds talking on the phone. Justin likes that shit. (laughs) So I think that was it. And then Nate was like, yeah, I can't do this all season long. So I just have to keep my distance. And that hurt Justin's feelings because he thought he had an ally and someone he could come fight in. They just kind of work through problems differently because now I remember Early on in the season, he said something about he's too emotional. So he makes decisions based on emotion. I, would make, I think he said it on after party. And that's not how he operates. So, yeah, Nate said he needs to work on the lies. And Stasha says both of them just need to stop. And I'm just LOL right here because I, it's just funny to me. And Stasha is annoyed. Her body language is sitting away from Nate. And it's just, I don't think these two are going to last. I just, I don't know. But we'll see. Next week on Where Are They Now? <laughs> <laughs> so then they play um, blooper reels and LOL moments of the season. And it was kind of nice to see them having fun. Because even like last season, the things we get to see is like they have a lot of fun behind the scenes. So it was good to see their fun moments. So Kevin asked them their favorite part of the eight weeks. Miguel says meeting Lindy, that he's not trying to be corny or anything. But, you know, falling in love with her, going through the experience with her was the best thing for him. Mitch said learning more of himself and his fears. Nate said this was a once in a lifetime thing and he's thankful for all of them. That doesn't answer the question, but Alexis- And that is not a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) Alexis says her husband allowing her to show her things. And I am very intrigued by the fact that she still calls him her husband because she said that a lot during the reunions. Like He said my wife, his wife too, a lot. So- they play, and then Ben cracks a joke because in the blooper reel, they show them with the mermaid thing, and he was like, they don't have to show all the scenes. I'm never telling my friends about that. But then Ben was like, well, the mermaid thing was cool. I will say this. Ben was very happy at the reunion. So, I don't know. These people are trying to push them together, but this man has found his spark and his life back. So, they play a clip of next season, and Aid, will you please? There were no blurry faces, just back of heads and hair. I was so annoyed. I was like, once again, do you people talk to each other? Why are you showing me a preview that has no faces when you did a People magazine article a week ago showing me all these people's faces? I mean, I think the answer to that is they probably filmed the promo package before the release of that. And they just plan to run it before the People package. And there just wasn't money in the budget to do two versions. But they have a version with faces blurred out. 
So why don't you run the version with the faces not blurred out? It costs money to unblur it. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know why Lifetime does anything they do. Um, yeah, and that's how I found out that we just have two experts. And honestly, I still can't believe they didn't recast. And I don't know if Dr. Pia and Megan Good's ex-husband is coming back. We'll all find out together in Nashville. Yeah, but that was the episode. It was entirely too long and boring, but we get a preview of... Well, they tell us, Kevin tells us that the where are they now? They didn't tell us how long after, but it looks like they are going to go to a house altogether and Nate and Justin actually get to sit down and talk. Exactly. The whole forcing people to travel thing. <laughs> it's like forced togetherness that that creates great reality TV when you make people go on a trip together. It's always annoying though, because they go for one night usually. And I'm like, this is kind of a waste, but okay. I wonder if they put it in their contract now, because I'm wondering how people who are just so excited to be done with the show, and then you now have to do this again. I feel yes, it is in it's in the contract. I remember someone messaging us about the contract, and it says something about like if you're popular, you may be you may have to do more, but now it's like everybody has to do it. So I don't know. Okay. All right, Aid. Who has your bouquet for the week? My bouquet goes to the siblings, Darrell and Amber, especially Darrell, very diplomatically saying, I did not think he was prepared for the challenges that marriage would bring. (laughs) I just, I thought they were a breath of fresh air and I can't stand these people anymore after 19 weeks. So I was glad to see two fresh faces um, who actually had some insight. (laughs) Who had your bouquet this week? Um, I had the same thing. I had Justin's brother for the bouquet because the man knew we didn't know we weren't ready and he was trying to save us all, but we didn't listen. So he has my bouquet. <laughs> Who has uh, your burnt ashes? Um, My burnt ashes go to Kevin and the experts for every single time they try to imply or suggest or encourage Alexis and Justin to get back together. They are grownups. They went through the process. They came to the conclusion that they are not meant to be together and it is done. And I did not need to see you browbeat them into anything different. Mm-hmm. Who has your burnt ashes? Same thing. I had Kevin. Kevin has my burnt ashes for losing his edge and all the things that we liked about him for trying to push unhealthy relationships and just asking the same damn fucking questions over and over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> ah. Now, even though there is a Where Are They Now series, I don't care. To me, part two of the reunion, that's the end of the show. (laughs) It's the end of the season. Thank you all for being here with us for 19 episodes. Come back next week, even though it's, you know, whatever. Um, But that's it for this week. You you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. And we love hearing from you guys on social media. Please go check out our Patreon. There's a ton of bonus episodes there. Sister Wives, Love is Blind, it's all there. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And like Aid said, we will be back next week to recap the Where Are They Now episode. Bye, guys. Bye.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.